You're now listening to the greatest show on the res. I am your co-host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is my co-host, the Prince of No Air, Carlton Banks. <laughs> Carlton. You know, I, 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 you know, I think the listeners demand that we stick with the Carlton Banks stuff. Yeah. Yeah, a, yeah. Lot, a lot of because I think when we did the episode where we, um, I guess, unveiled that that was your nickname, okay. a lot of people were happy about it and they were sharing it, particularly your it, former uh, colleagues over at the place that, that you worked at. Yeah, screw those guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No comments. <laughs> no, but I did actually find out what my real nickname is. Yeah, what was it? I want to be named Seaman. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, C-Man. There you go. You got J-Man. Yeah, C-Man and, and J-Man. C-Man. There you go. I want to be C-Man all up in your J-Man. <laughs> How's that sound? Well, before we get canceled, uh, we just like to thank you all for uh, listening to episode five. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so how was your weekend? Well, you know, just the usual, just the usual, uh, you know, trying to moonwalk like Michael Jackson, trying to raise uh, Left Eye, uh, what was her name? Left Eye uh, Lopez. Lopez. Is that know. like a, another pet that you have or something? No, no. I was just watching a bunch of uh, 90s music videos. Nice. Yeah. Nice. That's pretty much it. And just changing the wiki links, you know, wiki pages and stuff like that. You know, the usual. <laughs> <laughs> we were down we were down in the valley our oldest daughter is uh moving out of her first apartment and so she's going to be headed to tucson really yeah down in uh in august and so she'll be there uh, going to school at the university of arizona and then our uh, second oldest daughter hope she'll be at arizona state university so next year is going to be a very interesting year really you ever hear the term uh, a house divided uh yeah yeah house divided yeah so that'll be yes Really? Yep. Yeah. And and just so anybody's kind of like wondering, today's Monday. So today's Monday. We're recording on a Monday. And, you know, obviously yesterday was the weekend. So whatever day of the week you're listening to this, that's where these weekend uh, conversations come into play. Yeah, we're trying to be discreet about that as well, too. So. Oh, well. You're too discreet with me on that. (laughs) All right. So uh, last week we were talking about... um, uh, the what was it the that the, the place college. you go to after high school? <laughs> I think they no. call it college. Yeah, college. We were talking about college, and we wanted to make it a two part episode. So the two part episode is we want to talk about um what were our favorite classes, what were our views of those classes, how did we take them? Um, where were your favorite party spots? Yeah, where were your favorite I, I party think spots? Carl covered that for himself in the last episode. <laughs> Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I really think that this is such a, a, I guess, a robust topic because um, who out there hasn't thought of going to college if you didn't go to college? Um, And then for those of us that did go to college, the unique experiences, I guess, of attending a college university as as a Hopi person or as a native person, uh, because then, you know, especially for for those of us that coming from the reservation, it's like you uh, in those first two episodes of the podcast we talked about what it was like to grow up res and to i guess understand what our mentalities were like and then um 
transferring us to uh, the urban areas where we're going to school and then talking about, you know, going to school for the first time. Because yeah. Last time, I think we talked about, like, how, I guess for some of us, how scary the thought of college was. It was very scary for me. I, uh, you know, coming from a small town or a small village, I didn't know what to expect. I, I mean, the movies were basically my training grounds. And, and I didn't know what to expect in college. I thought it was just all parties, you know, hot chicks every now and then. But then when I went over, it's like old women in backpacks and, you know, professors that don't even show up for class. You know, that was, that was my idea of going to college. I think that's a great point when you talk about, you know, what the movies taught us about college. Because yeah. the movies, you know, like you said, they taught us about the parties. They yeah. taught us about the hot women. They taught us about uh, I, the frat parties and, and the sorority girls. But it, <laughs> they didn't teach us, like, the tangible things. No. Like, uh, where do we find uh, scholarships to pay for these yeah. things? How do we get signed up for classes? How do we go about ensuring that we're on track? To graduate in the program that we want to go to school for. So, you know, and I, I think that at least in terms of us talking about college, we didn't even mention between you and I what we actually went to school for. Yeah, yeah, because I went to a technical school. Um, and school. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> but I went to get my uh, graphic designing degree. And with that, I went... Um, Kind of switched gears up to get my journal journalistic degree, I guess you could say. That's what it was called, a journalistic degree? I don't know what it was a called. A degree in journalism, right. maybe? They gave me a piece of paper that had the president's name and said, congratulations, Carl. Don't so, ever come back. So what made you choose that <laughs> avenue or those those programs? Oh, I don't know. I don't know what, what made me do that. I mean, when I was in high school, I never thought that I would go to college. But, you know, when I said... They just recruited me to go to this technical school and said, okay, yeah, I'll do that. And, you know, a couple months later, I'm living with a black guy asking him about his mac and cheese. <laughs> it's funny how quickly life turns. But I think for me, like, I, I, I think once I got my foot in the door and, you know, at Sippy started running cross country. And then once my time at Sippy ended, I transferred to Mesa Community College. Yeah. And there they offered so much more um, programs, uh, things that you could go to school for. And I think like for uh, like a lot of people, you know, I thought maybe I want to get into business. Yeah. And so I thought that that was the, the track that I was going to go into. So I took some business classes while I was at MCC. But I think that um, like for a lot of Native students, I, you know, when you go to college, if you see uh, classes that are available, things like American Indian Studies, Native American Studies, or anything that's related to your own culture, yeah. we tend to gravitate to those classes. And I, I don't know, maybe it's because we're seeking uh, like an easy A, or we think that those classes are going to be easy for us, or because maybe we want to learn how these universities and schools are portray portraying our people to the masses. So, you know, we tend to gravitate to these classes and we learn more about them. But I think that that's really kind of how I ended up going into the American Indian Studies route because that's what my, yeah. my degrees are. I have a bachelor's and a master's degree uh, in American Indian Studies. I got both of them over at Arizona State University. And so I think that that's kind of how I ended up on that track. But once I learned more about what um, you're taught 
in the American Indian Studies program, it really just kind of um, held my interest and it really wanted me to continue to go further. But it's so funny because then, you know, like American Indian Studies, it's kind of something that, you know, a lot of people don't really know about. Like, like what do you do with an American Indian Studies program uh, degree? Yeah. Uh, what do you learn? Because I remember that um, when I first decided to declare myself uh, an AIS major, yeah. AIS for short, American Indian Studies, I came, I would come home. And, you know, you, you uh, tend to talk to a lot of different men in your village down in the Kiva. Yeah. And I remember one of my clan uncles, my Taha, was uh, talking to me. And he asked me, you know, so what are you going to school for? You know, I told him American Indian Studies. He's like, oh, really? Well, what do they teach you in there? They're teaching you how to do rain dances? Or they, <laughs> they're teaching you how to start fires in the traditional way? You know, so there's this kind of this, and it, I guess... Um, Maybe even a stereotype from our people of what, you know, American Indian studies is. But the actuality is that it taught a lot about history. It taught a lot about American Indian laws. And so, you know, you kind of hear, um, I, it, it's a joke, but in a way, there's some serious, seriousness to it that, uh, you can, uh, commit, a, you can, uh, get away with murder on the reservation. Yeah. And, but I learned kind of why that is because of, uh, certain laws that, um, I guess prohibit our tribal police from prosecuting and holding people that commit certain crimes. So yeah. that's, you know, kind of a gist of, of what I learned in my program. I don't know, but if you want to share about your your uh, elaborate studies over at Refrigerator U. <laughs> we, turned how, we learned how to do the thermostat and uh, how to close the door properly. <laughs> no, it was in my typography uh, class and it was a history of a type. Uh, of how text was born and how writing was born. And we learned how different characters and how different, um, uh, you know, how different symbols form, uh, the language, I guess it goes hand in hand with the language. And so I thought it was going to be an easy class because, you know, Hey, I'm, I'm native. I think I know this kind of stuff here. You know, going, you go into that class you know, with that, that notion of like, you know, I'm native. I can I can handle all the. I, I can tell which direction yeah. the wind blows. I, I should be able to figure this out. <laughs> I was like, I watch Pocahontas one too many times. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> but I, I guess that would probably be the big difference between your your experience and my experience. Because when you were going to school, there was yeah. there a lot of other native students. Or there like, were you like there that? there were um, mainly Navajos that were there. Okay. Yeah, mainly Navajos and maybe some that were from other tribes, but that were that weren't in my class. But it was mainly eighty percent uh, Bahano or white. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. So, but, but then I so I guess the degree that you were pursuing, you didn't have really classes then that like talked about. Um, I don't know, like culture stuff or religion stuff. That or? was, you know, the only the only one was the the typography class where we learned the different characters. Oh, and I see. Yeah, that was pretty much it, and everything else was just like, uh, you know, how to turn on a computer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just, how, to, how to change the bulb in the refrigerator. Yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, I mean, like when when I was in class, I, when I was in class, and when that. In, in typography class, um, when they started, started talking about the symbols, the racist kind of comment or the racist kind of thing that kind of happened was from our professor where he was stating like the different figures, the different, um, you know, different symbols. Mm -hmm, and then mm -hmm. he looked at me. 
and said that in your culture, do you guys write in symbols or in characters? And I was like, you know, we're Hopis. We don't have a written language. Uh-huh. Yeah, we cuss at each other every now and then. <laughs> Or we, we spray paint on each other's walls when somebody pisses us off. <laughs> we just write, you know, we just write our clans on different bathroom stalls. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think that that's a pretty universal experience, though, cause, because we did talk about that in great lengths in the last episode where we talked about, you know, just, uh, I guess, being the only native in the room and dealing with all these misconceptions yeah. and stereotypes. Yeah. I remember a class that we had uh, that I took at Mesa Community College. Um, it had to do with archaeology and they called it the New World, which I guess in archaeology, the New World is referencing to like North America okay. and South America because the old, the old world is uh, quote unquote is uh, like Europe and you know, the, those types of places. Yeah. And it examines, um, I guess the ancient cultures of okay. those uh, geographies. And so, you know, they did talk a lot about um, our ancestors, the Hisatsinum, yeah. or, you know, as the Ana, uh, the Anasazi, Anasazi. As, as it's most commonly uh, known about. But they were talking, he was talking about, you know, those those uh, ancient societies, and he would always kind of talk in a way that most, you know, Bahana archaeologists talk in that, you know, these people mysteriously disappeared. Yeah. And, you know, we didn't know where they went. And, you know, and they would kind of cover some things that had to do with um, I guess what they thought was part of their religion okay. with certain geography and certain things that they created that's within the community. And I, I kind of got frustrated because then it's like, I don't understand why our white Bahana archaeologists don't take um, the word of American Indian people or Hopi people in terms of, you know, how these people, where they went and yeah. where they came to be, because we know, yeah, we know that information. But then, you know, I guess that was kind of uh, when I first learned that, like, how important, basically, you know, how the Bible for, for Bahamas is the written word. Yeah. You have to write everything down about your history, because if you don't write it down, which I guess is kind of true today, you know, like what they say about social media is that you know if you didn't post about it it didn't it never happened it never happened yeah and so you know it's that same concept with them in the written word is that you know if you didn't write down your history it practically never happened and so i always thought that man that's so frustrating because then you know like basically what if somebody was giving uh doing like maybe a biography on your life yeah and then they were asking you about maybe what your life was like during your adolescent years from from when you were like under 10 years old. Okay. And so, you know, you're trying to tell them what life was like, but then they kind of don't believe you. And it's like, well, you didn't write it down in your diary. So we have to consult others just to make sure um, that our facts are straight. Your yeah. Facts are straight. But then you're sitting there. It's like, well, I lived it. How, how can you not <laughs> take my word for it? And so, you know, that's kind of how I felt when I was in the archaeology class. Like, how can you not take take our word for it you know there are people there are our ancestors so <laughs> yeah yeah it is strange and you know going back to that notion of uh like you know where where i was where i was kind of targeted because i was more or less like the only native guy that had long hair and you know that that looked authentically native did, yeah did you wear moccasins to class sometimes <laughs> i wore my feather sometimes on hot summer days, hot did you walk summer. in with no shirt? <laughs> with my, uh, what is my buckskin robe and, uh, 
and then uh, some coyote paws on on <laughs> on each side of your breast. I was watching um, Bill Cosby uh, last night, and um, they were in class. Uh, you know, Theo, Theo, Co- yeah, yeah, yeah Theo, the, the brother Theo, of the Theo, son, yeah, Theo. He um, he was in class. Uh, he's in college, and he's in class. And this teacher was saying, like, you know, oh, okay, well, I have like three ethnicities, you know, and they were trying to guess her her background history of mm-hmm, like, and mm-hmm. so one of the one of the, one of the students said that, oh, you must you must be Irish, and she's like, yeah, I am Irish, and so she's like, I knew that she was a sister, you know. <laughs> And so, and then so and it, was, it goes into this native guy, this Native American looking guy. And, oh, really? Yeah, and it was like uh, it was the typical Native American where he had the the choker that was on the okay. hair, the braids that were there, and you just had that typical stoic look. stoic look. And he's like, uh, "Oh, I think you're Native American," and she's like, "Yeah." And she's, and he's like, yeah, I knew she was a sister, <laughs> you know? And then I was looking at it as like, that is so stereotypical of, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of portraying how native Americans look. And I was like, man, back in the eighties, this is what, ha- you know, this is how we still viewed natives. Yeah. And very, very recent, not too long. Ago. Yeah. And you know, and when I was going to, to class, um, when I was going to school, uh, that's how they kind of, envision me it's like you know where's your you know where's your native jewelry where's your choker yeah or like where's your choker or where's your eagle in one hand or i don't know your (laughs) you know and and it was like it it was a disappointment to them to see that we dress just Just like like them them. yeah and it was like I was like, oh man, I was hoping you come in with your traditional outfit and tell us everything's all wrong here. And I was like, you know, I'm just here to give you a spiritual spanking. <laughs> I wonder how those people felt when they saw you litter for the first time. Oh man. <laughs> Remember that, uh, that, that commercial? commercial? <laughs> <laughs> no, no tears coming no, down your no, eyes, I guess. No tears coming out of my eyes. I'm like, <laughs> This is not my village. I, you know, you know, but I, I guess that's kind of a strength for um, the program that I was in once I got to uh, ASU uh, going to school for American Indian Studies because yeah. all of my professors that were in my American Indian Studies program, they were all Native. Okay. They were all from one Native tribe or, or another. So when they would teach the classes, obviously they didn't have that um, that Bahana mentality or that, yeah. you know, that perspective of how they uh, taught our classes. And so I I think in that way, you know, it felt more comfortable to hear uh, the people that were trying to teach us to give the, um, I, I guess, to give the credibility yeah. to our people in terms of, you know, where, where we've been, um, how long we've been here. And, you know, a lot of some of the other things that we've contributed to society, you okay. know, aside from just the uh, buckskin pants, and, you know, <laughs> the, uh, the the feathered hairdress, uh, head, headdresses and things like that. So I thought that that was uh, pretty cool, at least in terms of, of going to school at ASU. And then a majority of my um, colleagues that I went to school with, they're all native. There is a couple of Bahanas, but it was funny, though, because 
because then like when there were like non-natives that were majoring in American Indian studies, like yeah. a lot of people like, why are you majoring in American Indian studies? <laughs> why, why, why do you want to do this? But um, I, I always thought that the nice thing about um, a lot of the people uh, a lot of the natives that I came across, uh, whether that was at MCC, ASC, or even at SIPI, I think that everybody kind of had this idea that I want to go to school so I can get my degree and then maybe contribute something positive back in my own reservation or somebody's reservation. And so I always thought that the American Indian Studies program at ASU was a great way to learn how to do that because then you learned a lot of the working dynamics of the reservation. Um, you learned more about like issues within the healthcare system. Indian Health Services, you learned about some of the uh, laws that are created that are actually racist yeah. and kind of, you know, put tribes at a disadvantage. So that was a great thing that I learned about um, while I was in my program over at ASU. But I think that, you know, and this is probably something that's common with you and common with a lot of us, is that when we were in high school, we never really learned a whole lot about things like scholarships. No. We didn't learn a lot of things uh, like how to pay for school. Yeah. And so you talked about um, that paper that you signed. Yeah. And all of a sudden you owned, you owed $40,000. Yeah. At that school that you went to, were you able to get scholarships to help pay for, for you, your education? You know, I never really looked into that. I, I never even thought of a scholarship. You know, I was like... <laughs> I was like, yeah, I think I can pay for this stuff. You guys accept... Uh, some of those pension checks coming pretty soon. <laughs> you guys accept, uh, what is it, uh, food stamps? <laughs> I'll trade in some art That's for uh, to knock a couple of books uh, off. I can carve. I can kind of carve a katina doll for you. <laughs> Because I think that, you know, when, like how you talk about, you know, uh, college being this daunting thing. Yeah. Because like, um, like high school, right? To get into high school, your parent or whoever takes you to the school, yeah. they sign you up and then yeah. you're good to go. Yeah. But when places like ASU, U of A, NAU, or the school that you went to are, you know, hundreds of miles away, it's not like that. Your parents can just take you there, sign you up. And so, like, you're trying to figure out how to uh, get enrolled into school. You're trying to figure out how to... Um, enter into the program of your choice whatever it is that you want to go to school for and you know the most important thing is that you know you don't learn about you know where do you go for money to help pay for school yeah you get scholarships yeah and so for me i was i was actually fairly fortunate because um as i mentioned with sippy their tuition was real cheap so i didn't even really have to worry so much about scholarships there but when i got to mcc like i knew that uh here for Hopi. They had the Hopi Tribe Grants and Scholarships Program. Uh, so that was something that I applied for. And then I think that, you know, as you kind of go along, you kind of learn where different places are that you can apply for these scholarships. Okay. And so I think because I, I remember that when I was a kid, before I even went into college, I thought that only athletes got scholarships. Yeah. Because, you know, that's what the movies teach you. If, if it's you, like, you know, yeah, the there was a, one movie, Blindside. Mm hmm. You know, he was uh, living on the streets and then he got a scholarship to go to class. And, and then all of a sudden, yeah, he's a major football player. And so I, I didn't know that just regular Joes like us could get scholarships. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, it, it took me um, a few years to really figure it out. But fortunately, and this is kind of where I kick myself a lot, is that I completely navigated um, 
all the way up to earning my bachelor's degree without getting myself into debt. I didn't, yeah. I didn't take out any loans, um, all because of scholarships. I kind of learned where the scholarships were and then I ap- applied for them. But one of the things that, you know, when you're a young kid that you don't really take into consideration is that when you're thinking about paying for your school, like you kind of get an idea of what the tuition costs are. Yeah. But regardless, for the most part, unless you're an online student, that you're going to have to pay for housing in, in some way or another. And so for you, I guess you were in an apartment. I was in and, an apartment. And, yeah. And how, how, how long were you living in an apartment with roommates from your school? Was it the whole time that I, you were down there? Yeah, I think it was maybe a couple of years and then I moved out to another apartment. So did you ever live by yourself? I never lived by myself. I always had a roommate. And we're, we're all... All your roommates that you had, were they all going to school too? They were all going to school as well too. Yeah. yeah and that's how we kind of met, met up with that because, you know, split the rent and do and everything like that. So that was it. And, you know, um, white guy living with an Indian guy. Yeah. Yeah. Make, That'd make a great sitcom. It made a, made a great sitcom. <laughs> so, so what did you learn with, uh, living with, uh, with a Pahana? It was weird. It was because, you know, I didn't know that Pahanas don't sleep at night sometimes. <laughs> What do they do at night? That's I have, why they're not sleeping. I have no idea. They're like cooking breakfast <laughs> at 10 o'clock at night. And I, was, I was like, man, what's going on? Why does why this room smell like bacon all of a sudden? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, so when, when you were, did, so when you were living in your apartment, right? Yeah. And you had to pay that rent. Is, is that money that was provided by the school or did you have to work? Or? No, no. So, and Gua helped me out with, uh, with my apartment. Okay, so, nice. Yeah. Nice. So they, they helped me out a lot with that. And I did, I did work part time here and there, you know, odd jobs. Okay. What kind of jobs? Well, one was at Christie's Cabaret. And I'm just kidding. One was at the Waffle House. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, I, you know, I think that that's fairly common for most Native students that when they do go to college, that a lot of us have to work. Yeah, and so that's kind of how I got into the position that I was as this uh, um, future five star, five diamond cook. Is yeah, that, you know, because I had that. Um, experience at Sippy taking those classes to get a certificate of institutionalized cooking and baking and so one of the first jobs that I got out in Phoenix was at Casino Arizona and so I worked there for about a, almost a year in the bake shop and then there was a friend that I knew that was uh, that also went to school at Tuba City High School and so she was living down in the valley she was doing the same thing she was working in the kitchen yeah and then she's the one that kind of recruited me for um, my other job over at the Sheraton at Wild Horse Pass okay. Resort and Spa. And then I ended up working there um, for a majority of the time that I was in school. And so that was rough, having to go to school full-time, um, having to work full-time. So basically, you know, like every uh, all the time that you have allotted, whether you're not in class or whether you're not in work, is either dedicated to homework or you're just trying to catch up on some sleep. And so I think that was probably like one of the most exhaustive times for me when I was having to do that because, I mean, I got the scholarship money to pay for my classes, but I still needed to pay rent. And then I also had a vehicle while I was down there and so needed that work money to be 
able to help pay for the vehicle. Really? And so, you know, that, that was kind of a, a tough thing. And then I knew a lot of other students that were doing the same thing. But man, I used to really envy those students that didn't have to work. Yeah. And I always wondered, you know, like, how do you, how are you able to do this? And then it's, it's learning that, you know, a lot of them came from wealthy families, even na- some native students that I knew that come from pretty uh, wealthy families. Well, maybe not even really that, but also too, that they just earned it's, so much scholarship. Yeah. Money. Like they're from their tribes. From and, their tribes. Yeah. Like and some of the, cause they're gaming tribes. Some, some of the casino of, tribes. Yeah. So like, taking advantage of that casino money. Yeah. Like, you know, we, West Hopis, we're not, we're not a, a casino tribe. Oh, well, we are now, but you know, we don't have a casino. And so no revenues from casinos. No, no revenues from casinos. No, so I'm still, that's work. I'm still waiting for that money. <laughs> you're, whenever they announce for per capita, yeah. if they ever do, you're going to be the first one in line. Exactly. I'm going to be the first one in line with my tribal ID card. <laughs> your, your CIB. Your CI, my CIB. You're probably going to have your, um, your Tzotzming one with you too. <laughs> I'm going to lay Petavi on the road and say, Hello, beep! All the way down. So I, I, but I guess uh, one of the scary things about college though is, is getting loans, right? And yeah. so, so you did get loans. I did get a loan. And yeah. You're, you're still paying for I'm your loans. I'm still paying for my loans. And wh- if the loan people are listening to this, I don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, like I said, I kick myself over this because I didn't realize like how great it is to get through your bachelor's, uh, to get a bachelor's degree without having to take loans. But then as soon as I went into my master's program, I don't know if it's just that I got really lazy that I didn't want to apply for, um, these scholarships or that, you know, I was just so exhausted from having to work full time and going to school full time that when I went into my master's program, I didn't want to work. Yeah. So that first year, I tried it out where that first semester into my master's program, I wanted to try it out to see if I could get through it without having to work and then just, you know, try to be, uh, try to budget my money, uh, whatever scholarship money that I got. But then I ended up taking out some loans and then I, I don't know what it is about natives, but you know, once we, and loans, we think it's free money. Oh yeah. It's not free money, but it's because, you know, you, you apply for a loan and then all of a sudden you get this, uh, I don't know, 2000 to $10,000 check. They get you with the free toaster. They get you with that free toaster. Exactly. You know, Hopis love that free toaster. And so when that check comes, you know, it just feels so good yeah. just to get this money without having to really do anything to earn it. And then so I think that that kind of, um, I guess, uh, negatively encouraged me to constantly then apply for loans the rest of the way until I earned my master's degree. And man, that that uh, loan amount, it really accrued. And so now, you know, I, I, I kind of, um, I guess, uh, I, I'm accepting the fact that I'm probably going to end up being uh, paying off these loans for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was same here with me, too. Even though it was $40,000, you know, it's the interest rates. I didn't know about anything about interest rates or anything about, you know, loan forgiveness or anything like that. So interest. What's that? <laughs> Yeah, you know, I was like, yeah, I don't know what the interest is. You mean I don't just owe back the original amount that I borrowed? You mean I get a free toaster? <laughs> <laughs> if I sign the interest part here? Yeah, that's perfect for me. So kids, if you're listening at home, parents, if you have kids that are going to college, don't do it. It's a trap. Exactly. Say no to loans. <laughs> 
But I guess, you know, um, I, I guess I, this is one thing that I didn't really learn until I really got into uh, my grad, into my graduate program when I was going to school for my master's degree. Yeah. Is that, and, and that's because I, I did end up getting a part time job working for one of the native offices um, there at campus at ASU. And that uh, place was called Office um, of the, Amer- the American Indian Initiatives Office. And so they were an office that was kind of, uh, geared to help develop programs to ensure that native kids would graduate from college and so they had that office there i got a job there and then i actually got to work with um diane humitua not too sure if you know who she is but oh, sure yeah. a lot of our listeners yeah. do she was the the first uh, american indian woman selected to be a federal judge or or something yeah i ate uh, along those lines i think i ate at her table remember during the uh oh during one during a one of the a work events. yeah work events there yeah oh nice yeah, exactly. And so I did get to work with her for a bit there. But what I really learned there is that um, kind of uh, what the university approach is to recruiting students and not just uh, native students, but all kinds of students. And so, you know, universities really what their main message is, is that when you go to school for your bachelor's degree, that you're supposed to get it done in four years. Yeah. But then when it comes to us, especially res folks. How often do we accomplish getting our bachelor's degree in four years? No, none. Hardly Hardly ever. Hardly ever. Yep. Because then, um, what they, what they call that four year time where you get that bachelor's degree, they call that, um, a, a traditional student. So a traditional student that goes to school within that four years gets their bachelor's degree. That's a traditional student. A non-traditional student is somebody who starts out at a community college, um, goes to school for two years and then they transfer over to the university. Or sometimes what a lot of us do, and this is what I did too as well, is that you end up dropping out. Yeah. Because after my first year at Mesa Community College, I ended up dropping out. And I think be- for me at that time, like I was so young and kind of naive. Like yeah. I-, I really didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. Yeah. I didn't know, um, what my passions were. And so it was tough for me to really find a program within the, the, the college or the universities that was really going to make me work hard to okay. be able to finish those programs. And I think that that happens to a lot of native students because especially for those of us that are from the reservation. And I think that in one way that we kind of suffer in terms of, I guess, understanding what types of opportunities there are, is that when you've grown up on the reservation, you're really limited in understanding what it is that you can be, right? Yeah. Because then when you're growing up res, that you know that, okay, as a kid, I went to school, so I could become a teacher if I wanted to. Yeah. I could become a principal if I wanted to. I could become a counselor if I wanted to, because those are some positions that I know exist here on the reservation. Here on the yep. reservation because I went to school. Or, you know, for all those scarred up knees and, you know, sometimes, you know, some of those injuries require uh, medical help. So you yeah. go to the healthcare center and that's where you kind of learn, you know, maybe I can be a, a physician if I wanted to. I could be a nurse if I wanted to. A dentist, you know, because those are some things that I see. See, nobody really thinks about becoming a construction worker mm-hmm. or becoming like a sewer worker or a, a, a plumber, a maybe, plumber or, or an electrician or yeah, like a carpenter or, or you know, all of these different, or maybe even a graphic designer. <laughs> hey, my graphic designing is pretty cool. 
I, I think. And I, I think that, you know, we don't really understand what our opportunities are because we never either it's we've never heard of these positions. So we don't know that they exist. Yeah. Or we just really know nothing about them. Yeah. And so I think one of the popular fields right now is uh, they call it the STEM fields, uh, science, technology, engineering and mathematics. Yeah. And so those are some um, that's a field, an area of work where if you got a degree in something in that area, you could get paid a lot of money. Oh, yeah. But then, you know, because we're so um, I, I don't know if disenfranchised is the word here on the reservation, but we don't know about a lot of those things like engineering. What's engineering? Yeah. Just call it like it. We're broke out here. <laughs> you know, like, like, what's a scientist? You know what I mean? Because then, like, how many scientists do you know live on the reservation? Yeah. How many? How many doctors do you? How have? many doctors? You know, family Hopi, doctors. How yeah. many Hopi physicians do you know? You know. You yeah. Know? And so, those um, the amounts of people that are serving in those positions are real limited. And then, so when we're young. And, you know, we're thinking about what it is that we want to do. A lot of the times we have absolutely no idea because in some of us, uh, for those occupations that we do know of, I don't want to be an educator. No. I don't want to uh, work in the health professions. I don't want to become a police officer. So so what is it that I can do? And so unfortunately, because uh, when we leave high school, a lot of us don't really know what we want to and do. And it's because there we don't see that... Uh I guess that economic value or that economic jump or well, what yeah. it can do for well, you we once can, you get yeah, degrees. Yeah, exactly. And so most uh, most Hopis that I know of just graduate high school and that's it. You know, or go into like uh, a carving business or, or open up a farming. Yeah. And and that's that's pretty much it. And there's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. now I, I I now that I see that students are kind of having that opportunity elsewhere mm-hmm. you know it kind of gives them that opportunity to say hey so long hopey i'll <laughs> i'll write you a postcard yeah i'll come back on the weekend i'll be a weekend hopey and and lick my uh, nose down at you and <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we think now and, and that's how we perceive mm-hmm. uh how to get money and how to become successful mm-hmm and so I guess in terms of uh, for, for those of us who have dropped out, some of the reasons are being uh, maybe money. Yeah. We, we run out of money. Like maybe we did get scholarships, but instead of using that scholarship money, instead of using it to pay for your tuition, maybe you used it to buy an iPad. Yeah. Or a laptop <laughs> or a down payment for a car. Oh, did you do that? I, I never did that, but I know some people. Oh, who really? Have. Yeah. Mine was just, I just paid off all my, uh, for my the place to to live i I thought it was for your research accounts (laughs) the various accounts that you have it was it was for saturday nights at christie's cabaret and and you know i I think that's kind of another big thing too is like money management yeah Like, like how do you expect reservation kids who come from families maybe we have parents that don't want manage their money well at all because there's a lot of them that don't yeah and then you know we take those same practices uh to college and then when we get these big scholarship checks you know we're going wild we're, we're going to the mall we're buying all kinds of things um we're spending it on things that don't really um have nothing to do with I, our schooling i remember when i first got my my check from the school mm-hmm. man i said man you know what i'm gonna get a leather jacket <laughs> i went down to uh tempe mall what is that the, the mill arizona, Ar- mills. arizona mills i went over to the leather shop guy and you know i said i'm gonna get me a leather jacket here 
So you did do that. So then. I got myself a leather jacket. Yeah, I, I bought some real goofy stuff uh, with with my scholarship money. I mean, I mean, I, I guess you could make an argument because I did buy a laptop. Yeah, I did buy an iPad, but I mean, they helped me for school it, in a it, way. It made me look cool uh-huh. going to class with my leather jacket on. And then, do you remember when those uh, Dr. Dre headphones came out? Oh like yeah, Beats by Dre. Yeah, Beats I, by I, Dre. I bought, I bought one of those, and I'm like, yeah, the, the music's really going to help me study. So <laughs> I, I bought a pair of those. But I guess, you know, I guess as, uh, I, I guess those are some, some reasons as to why people drop out of college. And, and it happens to a lot of people. It does. You, you run out of the money or maybe like that, like you just really don't know what you're doing. And then you decide that, you know what? It's better for me to work because if I'm working, I'm at least getting a paycheck. Yeah. And then that's better for me to get a paycheck than having to pay a school to be able to go to school. And so a lot of those things happen to but, a lot of us. But there are, there are a lot of Hopis out here who are successful without college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, there are a lot of uh, politicians yeah. out here that don't have a degree. Or you got some artists, or, some, some well, well-known artists. Well-known artists that don't have a, uh, a degree, but they make more money than I do. So, <laughs> which is sad. I, I yeah. Which I, is I, very I sad I for you me. on that one. Yeah. So, I mean, like college is an option. College will always be an option here on the Hopi Reservation. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not to say that we, we should all be educated. It's just a means that to better ourselves or maybe to. It's at least one option. Yeah. It's like a, it's it's not the only option. It's not going to be the only option. Because then, you know, you have some of our folks too that go to like a welding school or like um, some of the vocational trade schools yeah. and, you know, they, they make a good career out of that. Yeah. Um, and so I, I guess those are some of the ways that we've been able and lucky and fortunate to be able to get educated. But I, I think one of the funny things though about at least, um, in, in my studies with the American Indian studies, because for American Indian studies, it's really geared towards getting a career in what they call academia. Yeah. Which I guess is like the universe of, uh, universities and colleges. And then so, you know, you write these, uh, they call them peer review, reviewed journals. Okay. And basically that's kind of like, I guess, the the source of information for the world and so if you wanted to research something you'd go to your university library and so basically it's academics that are writing these pieces for the universities to claim as information yeah and so um but it's really unique because then uh, there's not a lot of native people that write these pieces and so when you look in research like if you wanted to research for hopi for example that a lot of the information that is out there on us is written by arche- Bahana archaeologists, Bahana historians, yeah. um, Bahana, um, trying to think of uh, some other terms, uh, scientists, you know, or botanists or whatever. And so a lot of that information is coming from their perspective. And so it's not really, I guess I would say accurate in terms of how we perceive, how we perceive ourselves. Yeah, exactly. And so unfortunately, you know, it's like this with a lot of different things. Even when you talk about like health, right? You talk about um, if a Bahana doctor was telling uh, people, this is how you stay healthy. You know, you, you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. Yeah, and, you know that type of thing, but not understanding the dynamics of places like where we live, yeah. where we have no real grocery store, yeah. and so you know the f- fresh fruits and vegetables aren't really accessible to us until after um, after our after the the harvest season. Yeah, it's like you know, Hotvela store don't have uh, quinoa. <laughs> 
quinoa or uh, you know the it, fresh spinach. It's really hard for me to find blue cheese out here, man. It's really <laughs> annoying. <laughs> well, you want to get out of here, man? That went by real quick. It went by real quickly. So you know, uh, I think that we're we're on a track to becoming famous here. I, I, before we go, I want to congratulate you, Carl, because I know that this is probably the most popular you've ever been in your entire life. I was already popular before. <laughs> this is just nothing here. So, I'm Carl. This is J-Man. And thank you for uh, listening. Bye-bye.